Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tori Gates, and our guest today is Marcus Cook. We're going to be talking about his writings. We're also going to be talking about what he specializes in, the short story and the art thereof. Marcus joins us from his home in Cleveland, Ohio. Marcus, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, um, I had hoped that we were going to run into each other at Cleveland Concoction this year, but uh, that obviously didn't happen with COVID. And uh, I guess the one thing I'd like to ask folks right now is because um, pretty much everything I was going to do in 2020 writing-wise was wiped out except for writing. Uh, What have you been up to in the last few months? Have you written as well? What's going on? Yeah, between – I was one of those people that – I work for a – retail so i was out there working and then i come home and i would write and writing got me through just the chaos of what was going on i mean i, I think i wrote like 25 stories and then started rewriting some old stories and i mean i, I would be up late at night just writing just because my, i had to rest my mind my mind was just going crazy at the point and yeah, I I think the same thing the same thing was happening. I had I had to work as well, but I was furloughed from my weekend job and for the first time in 10 years I had weekends free and I was like, "Oh wow, this is going to be weird." And I think, you know, I'd come home from work and yeah, I would do the same thing. I would do writing, but on the weekends especially um I mean, not to brag, but I wrote I finished writing a, a manuscript. I have no idea when it's going to get published, and then I wrote another one that I'm editing. And in the midst of that, I found myself going back to a lot of my old work and just looking it over. And I don't know how many times I've rewritten some of these, but I was, I just spent a lot of time doing that. And I think it was for me, I don't know about you, but for me, it was just a really good time to sort of revisit things and, you know, sort of get them up to date. And it sort of made me feel good to look back at it and think, okay, this wasn't that bad, was it? (laughs) Right. No, that's it. I, um, I'm a part of a writers group, so we had a lot of stories that, you know, you know, we had th- assignments and things right in the writers group, and so I had all these notes from these stories, and so it was nice to go back and say, oh, that's what they're talking about, and you know, and start building upon what you know people thought about the story, and. Mm-hmm. And is this like a local group or a regional group? Yeah, yeah, it work? was a local group, but uh, they met. We met at the library once a month, uh-huh. and now we meet, you know, in Zoom once a month. <laughs> And and that's something um a lot of people tout the uh the value of it. I haven't been in a writers group in several years unfortunately, but uh the short time I was in one it felt really really interesting and uh it must really be cool. It's like because you get to really all this creativity is flying around the table and you must also get some pretty good uh feedback, I would assume, from from your fellows, am I right? 
Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to read other people's work and see where they, you know, and everybody's different. And then knowing what they write and how they write, and then with their opinion of your stuff is really, it helps. It helps. It helps with just knowing your your audience. You know, like people that you think are going to be in your audience, and then how other people see it also. Mhm. And it's it's interesting because the the group that I was in had 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 a couple of really really good people in it that that had some specifically decent writing. I mean, it really put the work into it. And uh, one of them, a lady named T.M. Becker, ended up on my show 10 years later. And I had remembered seeing her her young adult work back in its infancy when it was this very big, weighty thing. And she had, over the years, just, just worked on it and made it really good. And it was like, it was really fun to just see her again and, and to look back at that and think, wow, I remember when. So it's it really is a, it is a helpful thing and um the one thing i do remember it was kind of like a writer's room sometimes because it would be like because then people would be like well i like this but and then you'd start getting the really odd questions or the really interesting comments and that's where you kind of that becomes part of the learning experience it does it does and also makes your mind think of like you know, they might think if you did this, and you get you well. What happens if I did go there and see if where it leads you? And if if and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you're like, oh well, it, it, this doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it's again, it's it's kind of like being in class too, because it's like you know when your teacher renders whatever, and you have to really. Sometimes you have to be. I, I just remember having to be very thick-skinned with some of my teachers. <laughs> I had to learn it. <laughs> You know, I uh, I took writer in I took some writing classes in college, and I didn't learn anything, but I just did because I <laughs> I learned I don't think I feel, I might mean, learn, but it was just nice to write and then get feedback, and that's what I drew off is just people's feedback and where to go with it. Well, let's take a look about uh, your beginnings and that sort of thing. Uh, now, you told me a couple of really interesting things the last time we spoke, but. Um, uh, in your beginnings, uh, I've always found that what is on the bookshelves when you're growing up as a child always has a hand in it, and it's also what you were into when you were growing up. Tell us a little about that. Now, when I was growing up into book reading, I mean, I was a big reader. I mean, I, I started mm-hmm. reading, you know, uh, Curious George and all that, and then I really got into the Judy Bloom and Beverly Killerly books. I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. The characterizations that she did, you know, she was really good at characters, and I, I wanted yes. to be that type of writer with characters. And then as I got older, um, I read like you know, started reading Dean Koontz. Uh, Service of Twilight was a real big book for me. Like I, I really liked where that went. And then um, you know Stephen King and Elmer Leonard was another one. Just loved. The, you know, I love strong characters, and that, I think I think those are the best books I like. Uh, the character, the characterization books. And I mean, if it doesn't have a strong character, I, I tend to put it back down. <laughs> That's cool, yeah. And and Kuntz's writing is certainly in a, a style of its own. And uh, you were talking about the characters and the strength of the characters. Anything about the writing styles of these folks that really uh, worked for you? Um, for Elmer Leonard, it was. Uh, just the the dialogue. I mean, mm-hmm. that's another thing I really try to. The I enjoy doing his dialogue and just reading how his dialogue of his characters were just fantastic. And 
I mean, you know, movie-wise, you know, Kevin Smith and Quentin Tarantino are influences on me just because of how, how their characters and how their characters talk and just the dialogue and how real it is. Cause I think some books you read in, it's just so basic discussion that doesn't get into, you know, how people talk. But I think like, yeah, and it's you go ahead, go ahead. But I think like Elmer Leonard really hit that. I mean, Beverly clearly and Judy Bloom talked like teenagers. I mean, you heard their voices, and um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think Stephen King is a great horror writer, but I don't think his dialogue is as strong as Dean Koontz's or Leonard's stuff like that. I mean, right. Well, I'm ashamed to admit that the only Stephen King I read was The Shining, and I had to read that in high school. But I remember. It's one of those things where it's kind of like the book is always better than the movie and, you know, no disrespect to anybody, to Jack Nicholson or anyone in the movie, but it was, I I remember just the detail. That was the thing that, that got me about King was this wonderful detail, even in the worst and most terrifying moments, he put you in that spot, you know what I mean? Right. And I, I really appreciated that and one thing that I have gotten is, is it's like when I'm trying to write a scene, it's like I want to be in the room. I need to get into the room, and I need to see it, and I need to feel like I'm in it. I've had some people criticize me, I think, politely or kindly that say, well, your detail is great, but sometimes it's a bit much. And I thought, oh, okay, well, that's good, I guess. And um, and yes, dialogue, it, it, it's so key. Um because it's like you could be like Larry McMurtry in The Last Picture Show or any of his books where it's all he said, he said, he said, right. he said. And sometimes that minimalism is really good for stories like The Last Picture Show and Rhino Ranch. But I also, after a while I'm reading, I'm like, I love, I love this, but I want some more here. Hello? <laughs> right. That kind of thing, but no, this is cool. And how about how about your folks? Because it's like I always wonder. Because my my mom was a mystery nut. She'd read any kind of mystery there ever was, and my dad would read about certain things, but only certain things. So it was kind of interesting to view them. And then I had siblings who read, you know, everything from science fiction and fantasy to you know like nonfiction, and so. It's like you get this palette that isn't yours, but it's like they're dumping paint on it. <laughs> um, when I was growing up, my my mom was like the big you know Daniel Steele fan, and my dad mm-hmm. like it was Stephen King, it was Robin Cook, and um, those were the two big ones I can remember as a child. That he, I mean, he, every time those books would come out, he would get the new ones, and I mean, he was really big in the, the the medical thriller and the the horror and stuff like that. That's cool. And, you know, you really wrote um, fairly early on from what you told me. Where along the line did you suddenly get this idea or the feeling that, yes, I can write, I'm going to? When did it work? When did it really start for you? Um, When the voices got really loud. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> no, um, when I was eight years old, I, I just... I wanted to write movies, and I, I wrote a my first thing I ever wrote was as an eight year old was Rocky Balboa and the DC superheroes versus the the aliens, and I actually did wow. research like I would I would I got all the books on all the heroes and you know I, I put together this 
you know, they they got the Rocky Balboa joined them and the fight off these aliens. And then, like, I mean, I, I saw Polar Geist was young. I rewrote Polar Geist because I like, honestly, I rewrote Polar Geist. I didn't think there was enough enough talking. <laughs> hmm. And then um, my wow. first big thing I actually wrote was uh, Smoking in the Boys' Room, which was a play that I entered um, the Marilyn Bianchi playwright contest out here. Youth, and um, I actually had won my the seventh grade um, level one that I was in. Oh, and wow. uh, that was my first big one. That's where I really wanted to go on and be a writer. Like, so I started and writing. You talked and, a little bit. I'm sorry. Go on. Go on. No, no, go ahead. Because I can't see you, so it's kind of like we're just over the phone, so it's like I, I don't know when you're going to stop talking, but that's, that's the hazard of this. But, yeah, you, you had told me a little bit about smoking in the boys' room, and I remember in high school seeing a play that reminded me of this. And tell me, tell us about that and where that sprung from, because I, I love where the roots of these come from. Um, I actually was in a seventh grade dance and Smoking in the Boys' Room by Motley Crue had come on, and everybody yep. ran, all the boys ran into the bathroom. And from yep. there, it just flooded me that, you know, that, and I, I, I was, I grew up in a, not my family per se, but my uncles and stuff, they had like some alcohol problems and stuff, so I had seen, you know, abuse of substances. And mm-hmm. I just created a character, what happens if somebody starts smoking, and then it just kept escalating until, you know, you know, drinking and, and how it affected them, and it mm-hmm. went from there. And, mm-hmm. and was this like a one-act play, or, or how long did it, it was go? A, it was a one-act play, yes. It was a couple of different, you know, mm-hmm. I think it was like six or seven different scenes, but it was one act, yeah, it was mm-hmm. one-act play. Well, and it's like to get something that early, that successful. Um, and did you continue with the script writing idea, or did it? Did you veer into the book thing? How did how did that come um, along? I started writing some screenplays. Um, I mean, I actually have two. I actually did some uh, two produced. I uh, produced and published. Uh, I mean, produced and um, a couple movies. I, I did some indie films on my own. I did. Mm-hmm. I have actually two two produced plays. That I had wrote that um, community theaters did, um, and then I started writing books and stories in high school. I, I was I was kind mm-hmm. of like the picked on kid, but so I would start writing stories and and giving to everybody. Every every night I would write a chapter and I would hand it out to everybody at, at school, and they would just they they would pass it on and they would read it, and then they go well, when's, the, when's the next chapter? When's the next chapter? And so I wrote, oh. I wrote a couple of I wrote two books in high school, oh, you know, just just is, chapter chapter. And I would use kids that's, in, the that's, in, the, in my my friends and stuff, so they wanted to see what happens to their characters next. <laughs> yeah, and then you come out, and then 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 the, then the big kid comes next and he says, "Why did you kill me?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because it's like, I think my first stab at writing was something like that, and I think it's what. May it 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 got me into the tenth grade, I think, because um, I was a terrible student. I was a very undisciplined student in in especially in middle school. I really wasn't ready for it academically or anything at all. I just was not, and to the fact I was a lazy kid. And my freshman year, I had written a short western which was incredibly bloody and violent. And today that would get me in front of a principal, in front of a psychiatrist, and probably in front of the police if I pass that <laughs> in. But I 
somehow my freshman English teacher found out that I had written it or that I was working on it, and he says, I'd like to see it. And he sort of indicated he might even give me extra credit, and I thought, I'm failing this course. I better do it. So I finished it because it hadn't really been finished. And it probably wasn't more than 20 pages, if that, and I handed it in. And I didn't think – I thought he was going to just laugh laugh it off. But he got it back to me a little later, and he said, yes, this is really quite good. You ought to keep at this. And I thought, okay. And I think I got extra credit, and I think that's how I didn't fail. Gotcha. <laughs> so, so I have him to thank for that. <laughs> and I remember a couple of kids wanting to read it, and these were two kids who didn't like me at all. I was one of the picked-on kids. I was one of the – Weird kids, right? But they they read it, and one of them, who I thought just absolutely couldn't stand me, flipped through it on the school bus. He hands it back, says, "This is good. This is really good." You know, I'm like, "Oh, well, thank you." And but I didn't really seriously do anything for a number of years on it for reasons. But it sounds to me like you got your, you got into a groove and you got your discipline really quick. I did, and then as I got older, like say, I really tried to get to the movies. And that just wasn't working out. And then, um, I mean, and anyway, and I, I think I, it was like, now it's like you have Kickstarter and all that. But we were, you know, this was back to the day where you had to go knock at people's doors and ask for money for your movie, to make a movie. And yep. uh, then I started getting to, YouTube started hitting. So I started getting to doing some puppet stuff. I did a puppet talk show uh, with this <laughs> this character named Richard Crawdaddy. And he had, he was an 80s rock star. And I actually got to start <laughs> Meeting bands, and I mean, we we I mean, we were doing some. I interviewed one of the Real Housewives of New Jersey, and all these things. Like I was starting, and it was starting to good. But my wife kept telling me, "Honey, you're wasting your talent. Why aren't you writing? Writing is what you should be doing." Mm-hmm. And I like, no, 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 honey, this is it. This is the big thing, you know. And this, this <laughs> we're gonna this this show is gonna be it. And then, then you know, a couple of years just got boring and it kind of fell apart. Mm-hmm. Just because there's so much you can do with a drunken puppet, <laughs> and then um, my wife's like, finally, and actually we had an argument about it. My wife said, "You really? need to write. You need to write." It's like, if you don't write, I, I don't want you to do anything else. Then I don't care what you do. I don't. I don't. I don't care about it. You need to write. And so, I, so uh, you know, I said, "Fine." And, so I, and I started writing, and <laughs> and then you know, yeah. now now that after my first published, every published story now, every time I say, "Honey, I got this one published." She just looks at me and goes, ten years you wasted. Ten years you wasted. <laughs> well, I don't know that it would be wasted. I mean, that's part of your creativity. Exactly. It's, well, it's part of I that. I just wasn't ready. I didn't have the stories <laughs> in me. And that's really, you know, and that's the thing. Um, I forget who it was. I just saw this on Twitter the other day. And um, uh, somebody asked the question of when did you publish your first book? And... My first book, Parasite Girls, didn't come out till I was 48, and that was in. I'm dating myself, but that was in 2013. And it's very interesting because my girlfriend at the time, I had written a bunch of, you know, I'd written the books. Well, I'd written two of the books that are now published on Brown Posey Press, but I had all this other stuff, and I was trying to find an agent, trying to find a publisher, and she just finally says to me, "You know what? You've got to self-publish. You've got to get a book out there, even if it's just through Amazon or whatever. And she said, you've got to kick one of your babies out of the nest. And she said it very much like that, something of that sort. And I'm like, okay. And well, she was right because Parasite Girls, I had it out on Amazon. I still, It's still out. And it eventually got me signed. So it's one of those things where I just wasn't ready at that point 
And right. I'd spent several years working on things. And then finally, when you do get your moment, it's like you seize it or it, it, it takes you and that sort of thing. And um, so that's that's cool that you've, you've told me quite a bit about that. Um, you had said you took writing courses in college. Where did you go to school? I'm interested in, in what you what you saw, who you who taught you and that kind of thing. Um, I went to just a community college for a little bit. Like I actually I went to community college and just I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I went I went to broadcasting mm-hmm. school. And really got into radio. Hey. And, uh, welcome, I mean, I, welcome to the business. <laughs> I actually had a movie talk show for two years on on AM radio, um, and stuff like that. And I just in Cleveland, it's it's you know I wasn't ready to go out and try to really you know go to small market and stuff. And mm-hmm. then, but um, I actually wrote when it goes to writing though. I, I Q104 the station out here in Cleveland, uh, the pop station, I was the intern, and I wrote the O.J. Simpson updates, and uh, we mm-hmm. had to write them like they were like the uh, people's court type, of, or sport, ESPN, that's how we wrote it. We wrote them like they were a, a sports broadcast, and um, mm-hmm. they w- I would write every morning, I would write their, the update for them, and then I also wrote two commercials for them, so that was that was really kind of cool. Yeah, well, I, that's the same thing I did. I ended up, I went for a communications program, and I didn't know what I wanted. I thought I wanted to go into journalism, which I eventually did, but there really wasn't any journalism courses per se, but there was a radio station. And they, I, I just fell into it, not really thinking that that was what I was going to end up doing. And, I mean, I'm still in the business, but it gave me... I think the same thing that everybody gets, it's one of those experiences where you start learning how to deal with people. And suddenly you've got these interesting larger-than-life characters around you. Right. And so it's like – I think I think that was the first place where I really learned to start sort of focusing on other people and focusing on characters. And suddenly here are people that I worked with that are maybe showing up in my books sort of you know, a portion of the personality of this character might be that person. And uh, it, it's um, it's still fun for me. It still beats working. Exactly. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> well, yeah, um, but yeah, and as I say, you, you got a chance to do some different things with that. And um, now we talked a little bit about influences and that sort of thing. Um, it's uh, Did you, when you began writing how quickly did you evolve toward your own style or did you did you follow say dean Koontz or elmore leonard or one of these folks or or did you really have something set in your mind that yes i want to go this way i always had something set in my mind i don't think i ever took anything from anybody else i mean i think stories kind of just popped in my head even you know as a child and you know and now and stuff it's just i i definitely think i created my own mm-hmm. style like i mean i I think they were influences by like just enjoying them and how they talked and you know learning that dialogue people do enjoy dialogue and some of that. I mean, I kind of self-taught myself the whole writing thing, just just because just I just wrote down what pops in my head and mm-hmm. <laughs> there it is. And it's the short the short story of late. Is that really is that just the 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 vehicle that works best for you? Um, you know what? In the beginning, I mean, I mean, I just I actually am. In the, in the end point of writing my first novel, which is based on one of the short stories, um, mm-hmm. but short stories. I didn't like reading short, short stories. I didn't like writing short stories as a child. I always wanted to write big, and I uh, 
discovered all with these anthologies, you know, when I started anthologies, and there's a limit. It took me a minute. It really took me some time to really get myself to do it. And the first thing I did last year that got me really started was the New York 48-hour writing contest. And it was a thousand words, and they gave you like the the setting, the theme, and the, like you, an object you had to use in the story, and that was a challenging. Mm-hmm. That the you know the first one I wrote, um, which is actually Ava was it Ava Edison where Ava Edison started from. Um, mm-hmm. It was challenging to write. You had forty eight hours to write a thousand words, and you think, oh okay, and then you write too many, and I just cutting down. Mm-hmm. Like I made, I probably wrote like three thousand words, and I had to cut two thousand out. And um, after that, it just became a challenge. And then there was another, in order, the Black Hair, there's books by Black Hair Publishing anthologies. And in order to get into their paid anthologies, you had to be published by them once. And usually they have drabbles, which are 100-word stories. And so I wrote a 100-word story, and it got published. And that was just 100 words, the makes sense, was just insane and and it was kind of but it was neat it was like i i got it down 100 words it was a good story they liked it and a longer story in a in another book hmm. so so i it was short stories that now and it was really funny when i'm writing the novel i was writing a novel my wife has been editing it for me and she's like honey you you have words now you can write as many words as you want you can expand this now you're you're so into the short story mind frame and it's, it's funny how the switch Clicked back, clicked into Swiss short stories, and I'm writing. And, and then when she's like, "Hey, you can write more," you know, it switched mm-hmm. back. I'm like, "Oh my goodness, I can write all all this now. I could, just, you know, we could go so far in the story." And so, but yeah, mm-hmm. no, originally I didn't like short short stories, and I really had a, I enjoyed the challenge of, of trying to really make a, a good story in so many words. Mm-hmm. Now, there's one thing um, with some writers. I've had people ask me to look at their short stories, and I'm quite honored by that and it this was this happened in my old writers group um we had a guy who wrote kind of an apocalyptic short story of x number of pages and i see them occasionally more recently when people show me their short stories um every now and then i just look and i just say to them you know what you've got a book here it's like you've got a great beginning you've got a really good climax at the end but it's that middle that's not there, and it's like, do you do you get that from people? Actually, I got that from you. No, but yeah, but yes, there are a lot of people. Yes, um, Ava was a big <laughs> one. Ava Edison, I wrote was my first published short story. It was Ava Edison, The Burning Man, and um, everybody that read it said, "Oh, I want more." Where you know, we need to see. I would love to see more of this character and her uh, counterpart, and. As soon as they, they wanted more, I, that's what I, I started writing the, this book now. And Ava, it'll, hopefully, my first novel will be you know an Ava Edison heist. Well, that's uh, one of the stories in particular I want to ask you about because I think Ava Edison and the Burning Man was I think the first one that you you gave to me to look at, and right. I really was. It, it's like first of all, it's like you get the beginning and you have this wondrous thief named Ava, and Ava is not only dealing with all this trouble she's getting herself into, but she's also dealing without giving it all away a ghost. And I'm 
I just found this really fantastic. Where did I? I have to ask, like, where did Ava come from, and 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 all of this? I love going into the process of it. Oh, well, it's, Ava. I woke up, like I said, I had to write the, for that forty-eight hours. You had to write mm-hmm. an action story with a deck and a paintballs. It had to be thrown mm-hmm. into. You had to have a, a a deck and a paintball in there, and um. A dock, not a dock, deck, a dock. A dock and a paintball had to be included. And I woke up, and Ava Edison's name popped in my head. And in mm-hmm. the, the short story, all she was was, there's no ghost yet, but she was a single mom, and she met her husband, and she had stolen these diamonds. And they wanted mm-hmm. the diamonds back. And so, and it was really action-packed, and they, they, I got no points for it. But they said, all the comments were, they, we liked Ava, she's a strong character, it's just there was not enough story. And once again, this is me starting to, starting to learn how to do the short story. And then mm-hmm. I had seen the, the call for the burning anthology, and I said, okay, well, let me I, let me use Ava again. And I, for some reason, I, I wanted to use a, uh, her to be a thief, but have a ghost in it. But I didn't want the ghost to be so much that it was the answer for everything for her, that this ghost, because her ghost is a, a Actually, a real based on a real 17th century thief named. Yes. Uh, and uh, I didn't want the thief, her to be, you know they, when they work together, she's Eva could easily steal things. But I didn't want. I had to figure out how to stop the ghost from affecting her through the whole rest of the story. But I also wanted to see if people mm-hmm. liked the ghost. That was the whole thing. And you know, if I, I said if I cut the ghost out, will people ever think about the ghost? And the answer was yes. And uh, so the book is definitely filled more with Mary and Ava, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just I don't know where where. And I did a lot of research. They're, for such a short story, I did a week worth of just researching everything from languages, every location. I wanted to make sure it was just realistic where she goes. And then as I did research, I I find things out. I'm like, oh my god, this I have to put this. This is running itself. We have to add this. We have to add this. And yes. And that's the thing that uh, really I, I, I do the same thing. I mean, it's there's a lot of research that goes into if, if you're doing anything like this, it's it, it just helps fill out the story. And I do the same thing. I spend I've spent quite a bit of time just watching things and reading things and looking for doing the historical research and. Um, Google Maps is a fun thing when you can get down to street level and start walking the streets. Right. Because that really helped me. When my latest book, Searching for Roy Buchanan, I had the most innocuous part in the first chapter where uh, Aki and her brothers are just driving somewhere. And I had written this idea about how they were avoiding the traffic and avoiding you know, the tolls on a highway, but I'm like, wait a minute, which highway is this? So it's like, I'm digging down into Tokyo and I'm like driving around on the map seeing, okay, this is where they live. This is where they have to go. And here's the, st- and, and I found the road they would have taken the side street. They would have taken. And I'm like, right. okay, bit of a- thank heavens for a bit of accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, my, my, my friends in Japan and a close friend of mine whose mother is Japanese would be on top of me going, no, they don't, there is no such road, and no, they don't do that. Right. <laughs> but that's part of the fun, too, isn't it? It is. And, uh, yeah, just to, make it, I mean, I, just to bring realism into the to fiction together is, just, is, is really fun. 
and I enjoyed the parts too here where uh like the the Russian language and that sort of thing i mean that was that was cool because it was like that made me go to my translator and be like okay what what, what is this but that was cool, and it was like it it makes it makes the story it really does yeah no it it, it really i it, it was definitely my favorite character I have a couple of characters I really enjoy and I want to keep writing with them, but it has definitely been my my favorite so far. And I mean that's the thing. It's like it's it's fun to have a character that you can go back to and sort of bring them back and have them do something other. And it's like it, I mean Ava to me was just such a was it was a powerful character all the way through. And the thing I really liked about her was the fact that she was kind of flawed and that she was kind of not always sure of herself and her senses of right and wrong they would fluctuate. And I always thought, and I mean, it's like it—it it made for a real human character, which is what I really like the best about her. Thank you. Mm. And uh, yeah, no, it's good. No, you go. It's your turn. All right. No, I would say that uh, Ava is, is flawed, like, and that's why I liked about her that she didn't. And then she's a single mom. I mean, she's not. She, you know, she's a single mom, so she's trying to do this. All right, and raise a child right too. At the same time, she's she's making these these decisions, and mm-hmm. then she's doing it for her family. I mean, she's doing this for survival and yeah. To make, you know. And it's just one of those things where it's like um, when you have that compelling character, it's it's so much more identifiable to people because it's like um, I forget who said it to me, but it was it was someone a long time ago who said that sometimes characters like main characters in some types of fiction will just be so perfect, you know, that they never do anything wrong and that kind of thing. And, and that, that makes them boring and how true, because it's like, I can think of certain characters in stories or in like Japanese anime or anything like that. And you look at them and you're like, it's like, my God, you're so perfect. It's like, you're not, it's like your hero is a good person and, and they're doing good stuff, but it's like, they're too nice or they're too forgiving or they're too, you know, they're too something. And it's like, it's like you look at them and you, and do you ever analyze like a film or something you're watching? And you're like, eh, I would write this person differently. Do you ever do that? Yes. You know, there, there's a few characters right, reading and writing that would, I'm like, I, I don't, I would change that. Yeah. You know? Or mm-hmm. it would, or I would be like, I would write more of this character if it was more like this. Like. <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take a look at some of these other ones here. There's there's two or three here that I really want to ask you about. And um, there was this really interesting story called Sin. And it, yeah. I think it's subtitled Water Turns Red. Now we start to get like, this is like interesting to me. Uh, where did this one come from? Tell me a little bit about, about Garrett and uh, these folks around him. Um. <laughs> Uh, Sin of uh, Waterturns Red is the anthology it's going to be in. Sin, um, all right, by Great Void Publishing, and that'll be out in okay. December. But Sin started actually as a about 15 years ago as a screenplay because I was really into the professional and stuff like that. Like I like that you know, that assassin mm-hmm. type of character and, and the female, yeah. and I also like. But I also enjoy like clueless and stuff. And I said, when it was if you take the professional, you put clueless together. What, what, what kind of character would you get? And that's <laughs> I got Cinny. <laughs> and um, 
yeah, she she's a trouble. Like she's my second favorite character. Like she's she's one that's been with me for some time. Like for probably twenty years, just wondering if it, she'll ever, you know, be any go anywhere. And uh, mm-hmm. she's taken. She's been a challenge because I had her one way, and then suddenly, and this was where my writers group came help. Is that I really helped me take her from just a simple like a, like a airheaded assassin character like to something with, with with levels and I mean she she's an orphan I mean she she has so many she had two or three you know her family her her family was killed when she was young her stepdad was killed when she was thirteen and she just grew where she just wanted revenge and, and she's almost like a female Batman in the sense where you know you lost your family and you just want to do something to get that you know the payback you to get that mm-hmm. that and to lose both people that cared about you and then I also wanted her to be a, a human. I wanted to be her, her be a girl, and I wanted her to you know, be able to flip the switch where she knows she's gonna get paid to kill somebody, but then she can go back and she go back, you know and take her go to high school and be a you know be a high school girl, and then when it's come and she was able to she could flip the switch from being one person and being and hide, you know I mean she's a girl that's really in pain. She really has a lot of she needs some help. <laughs> Well, that's for certain, and it's like yes, I I found the, that interesting when she when she stalks one of her victims, and it's like she goes from like you said, kind of this screwed up kid to this really dark, you know, the profession. She becomes the professional. She becomes the killer, and I'm like, wow. It's like where did the you know? And it's like, and you get that where did this come from kind of thing. But it's really it's interesting too. Um, with young adult fiction, I was just asked this um, for a program the other day, is trying to create characters in young adult fiction that have these problems, that have these issues. And I, that's another thing I've seen is sometimes I just see YA fiction with these perfect little kids and perfect little characters and all that, you know, these almost and it. And I'm like, uh, no, that was not that's not the way I was growing up. And I don't know one kid that was like that growing up. And right. I I am not afraid to, as I like to say, my characters basically are young people dealing with big people problems. And you touch on that with, with Cine. Cine has got this pain thing going. And it's like when you see going after, you know, all these different characters and the other ones that, that work in, it's like, um, do you draw on your own past for that? Do you draw on the past of others for that, or or what you've seen? Um, no, I lose it. well, I lost my mother when I was twenty. I was twenty six, mm-hmm. so I, it's been twenty years since my mother t- passed away, and so a lot of that, mm-hmm. the, the loss of a parent is, is a big. I think I I do sympathize with like that's where that part of Sydney comes with, and then. Mm-hmm. You know, and then being bullied and stuff like that as a child, I think it comes out. And then, but then just watching, just loving those movies, and like I think I could do a better. The way we were talking before, I think I could do better character. I mean, than this, I think I, I think the professional was great. Natalie Portman did a great position, but I think I could take Natalie Portman's character up a level. Like, where would mm-hmm. Natalie character, where would Natalie Portman's character be now if she was, if she fulfilled her to be an assassin? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah, and that's the kind of thing I think of. La Femme Nikita, same kind of thing, right? Only you know, here's you know, 
she was adult when that started, but it's like you wonder how much further along could someone go. And then that's kind of cool too to think ahead and to think what hap- what would be the thing if. I mean, I think that's kind of cool. And the only thing, like Sin, Sin started two different things, but the bad guy in, in Sin, I actually use now in four different short stories as a killer, just showing his his story of the bad guy, the villain, leading up to leading up to that. So, because I, mm-hmm. I, the the villain, this thing is a seven foot serial killer named Windrick, <laughs> and I have, <laughs> and I, I I've written uh, the giant killer, which is, um, in, uh, Siren Publishing, it's in a magazine, easy easy, and it was published last month, um, mm-hmm. and then I he 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 was in a, a Christmas, uh, book where he was dressed as Santa and he he you know. He has problems himself where he was abused as a child, and so I, I was. I really, and then I had written that Sydney's the one that stops him, like like in a short story. And I just took all those short stories, and I just started mo- taking the stuff I like from the old stuff and putting it the new stuff, and really, and they make her a little bit older too, because I think I put her in high school now. I mean, more like college. I think is where Sin is when, and, and then she flashes back. Mm-hmm. But um, and actually no, I just and then I just wrote another sin story that just got picked up, where she is going to where it's, she's younger and you see her go after you know so, so I, I sin starting to I, I think sin will be a book in the future like I want to use her character, I mean she's she's my second favorite character where she she can go on I think people will really, really enjoy Sydney. Like but it took me a while to to my my wife used to read it and she says. And she says, I don't really get Sydney. Sydney doesn't have any levels. So it really took me a long time with that to develop her to where I'm happy with her. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing that does occur is a lot of the characters that, that you know, the main characters in particular. But it's like I try to give everybody a reason for being so that there's, you know, if you're there for a minute, you're going to still have to give me a reason why you're there. And right. Cindy is a kind of person that you could I could tell she'd been developed and it's it, you know I mean when 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 Aki in searching for Roy Buchanan made her first appearance she was not anything like I've got her now and as I had and I mean that was 13 years from inception to actually getting published and it's like she finally became herself over so many rewrites. And I think that's the thing that happens too, isn't it? It's like after a while you start to look back at them again, you think, Hmm, there's, you know, there's so much more. And Cindy sounds like somebody that there's so much more for her to do at her young age. Yeah, no, there is. And like I said, now that, now that I am happy with her, now she, the stories flow with her. Like I can put her in, in any situation and I know what she'll do. Like it took me a while mm-hmm. to really hear her full voice. She was one of those characters where I wanted to put her this one way, and she just kept fighting me with it. <laughs> so we just we, we we had to do a lot of rewrites and a lot of thoughts about that one. But she was, she, it was, it was she's a fun character to write. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, do you do you have conversations with with your characters like yes. Cindy? Do you do you and Cindy have back and forth? Yes. And did you ever do you ever like really? It's like because I always hear the people I'm talking with. And especially at night when I'm trying to sleep and they want to talk to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that, that's, and that's when I start writing. Is when they 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 wake me up in the middle, like the new, like 
I'm, I just finished this one Avon. Like, Ava's like, wait, no, I have another story. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, let's 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 get the book out first before we start working on number two. Well, well, as as uh, we start to wind down here, at last discussion, let's talk about this one here. Uh, a Fool's Moon is going into a collection known as Scary Snippets, and I think Nocturnal Moon Publishing is yes. going to take that up. Oh, no, it's Tell Nocturnal us about Sirens. That. Nocturnal Sirens. Oh, I'm sorry. For one reason, I thought I saw Moon. In my lousy eyesight, whatever. Yeah. Uh, tell us about it. Um, Full Moon was... It was a fun like it was one of those once again one story where I wanted to do one thing, and I started doing research and I'm like oh my goodness this this, this is a perfect, just nobody will see this coming, and I, mm-hmm. I was reading folklore and I'm like nobody will see this coming and it's about a guy named Aaron who loses his brother in a hunting, um trip by you know some creature killed him. And he wants to come back a year later. He finds out that there's, you know, the creature seems to be back at this. So he wants to hunt him and get revenge. And um, he meets a girl, and things don't end up like they, they would. <laughs> like, but he wants to, yeah. he wants to, you know, you know, he, he's looking for a werewolf, and you know, the the revenge is his uh, brother's death. And that was the thing was the first um, part of it, the opening, I. I was thrown by thinking my mind immediately went into like military, went into combat, and it wasn't. And then as I read further, I was like, "Oh, wow!" And so you, you know, you 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 caught me, and then and then it shifted off. So I mean, I think that's good. That's better than anything. Now, I mean, this was a short piece, but it's like Aaron. Aaron's got a mission here, and I'm wondering, are we going to see him more of him, or what is what is he going to do? Yeah, I think I, I I like Aaron and I like the girl he meets, and I I think that both those characters, Yanni, Yana, is um something I definitely want to in the be you know go out and use again in the future for something like those mm-hmm. are two good characters that have it just that it was a short it was only a That's I was only cool. a, it was only now, a thousand you points. Have... Um, given us an outline a little bit with regards to uh, getting published, like you talked about having to get a, a, a piece published before you could get into an anthology or get paid or something like that. Um, you work with a lot of different publishers. Uh, what kind of experience and what have you had and what would you advise for folks that maybe are trying to get into an anthology, get a little notice or something like that? Um. Yeah, definitely. You know, the best part is when I did find these anthologies, because everybody's like, where'd you find all these anthologies? And it's on Facebook. You look up Facebook and you look up, um, you know, for books, you know, people, story ideas and stuff, and anthologies, look up anthology groups and stuff like that. There's always open, there's, there's open calls all the time for writing mm-hmm. and, you know, for different, all kinds of genres and, and word levels and stuff like that. I mean, there, there's been some weird ones that, People, you know, I'm like, ooh, you think, and I, you, and I think, well, do I have an idea? And I don't, and I pass it. But, um, mm-hmm. like, yeah, Black Hair, like, so Black Hair was going, Nocturnal Mermaid, uh, Sirens is actually one that really, the, the scary snippets I, I've written in five of them now. And they, they mm-hmm. and now they, they really, when I started, at, after the second one or so, they're like, hey, can you write three stories for this? You know, do you mind? You know, do you have three stories for each? Because they wanted to put more and more of my stories into this. So I was very honored that that publisher really likes my stuff enough to 
Same with the Great and Voids. Yeah, yeah. So the Great and Voids. And that's cool. And it's publishing. like, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, the Great Void Publishing are out in India, and they're the ones that did Sin Now, and uh, I have one called uh, What the Dickens, which is going to be an interesting one. It's fun because it's what happens if uh, Scrooge's house was had a uh, home invasion during the time the ghost came. <laughs> hmm. And um, but they they their their letters even like I had a couple stories that they didn't they passed on but are the nicest they're like Marcus we love the story but it just doesn't fit. I mean I mm-hmm. I, I enjoy the fact that I had all these I tell people like you know oh, I got this one published this one published but then behind every one I get published there's six or seven that you know I do get the you know not going to be published you know that they passed on so. I'm probably half and half, like you know, fifty-fifty yes is a fifty-fifty no's. But yeah, the, just go. There, you know, there's a lot of anthologies out there, and it's a good way to start. Like if you want to get published, and and some of them are for free, where they, you don't make money. Some you get you get paid, you get royalties and stuff like that. And trust me, when <laughs> they're not a lot of royalty, loud, but it's it was it's just nice to get paid something for your for your work. Yes. Yes. Well. Tell us what is next for you. You said that during this during the pandemic, you've been churning out some stuff. What is the new? What's the next thing? The new thing for you? The next thing, like I said, is getting is a novel. Like I said, is Ava's Ava is a novel. Um, it, it, I'm I'm probably a couple of weeks from finishing actually where I'm ready to send it out, and it'll be going through and finding looking at publishers and sending them out to publishers and. I, I really like to get you know start writing books now, and it, mm-hmm. that's the next challenge in, in writing and taking some of these characters and these short stories and expanding their universe and 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 the ones that people really enjoy like and I I can't wait the city comes out in December the that one and I can't wait to hear people's opinions on that and um mm-hmm. and, then, and then there's a few others you know there's just you know the stories coming I actually wrote a story about there's a slime. Anthology, which a blob anthology. I wrote how how to uh, how to make slime using uh, yes man eating bacteria, and that was a fun one to write. So there there is some really I, fun anthologies out there. I have that one in front of me, and I was like, when when you got me that one, I just I just had the biggest kick out of this one. <laughs> it's like I'm just I just remember because I'm old enough to remember when slime came out as a toy, right. <laughs> And one of my friends had it, and we used to do some horrible things with it. And <laughs> but it was like um, I just thought that was a great story. It was like that was a fun ride, uh, and I really, I really, and I, I mean, like the the whole thing was just a lot of fun. And uh, that's the thing I get is I get a sense of adventure, but I also get a sense of fun. You know, it's not always the same story with you, which is also a, a really important thing I think for us is to. Be diverse. Try a few different things, right? Right. Okay. Now, where can we find Marcus Cook and stay on top of uh, what you're up to? Um, I, best way is uh, my face. It's read Marcus Cook on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where I, I I usually publish all my stuff. And then our you know read Marcus Cook at Gmail dot com if you ever want to just you know email me and I can send you you know let you know when things come out and where to find it and. And like I said, if you're, oh, right. and, and like I said, um, the, the the book Ava. I think my favorite book in, for people to read is definitely Ava, and you know that's in the Burning by Burning Chair Publishing, and 
you know, just look at Amazon for that, and that's just a really fun. The other, there's 13 other stories that are really good, but what's really neat is, and I was honored by it, is the, the Amazon's, all people's replies and stuff. I had the most people rate reviews for that story. That I, and that was just amazing to me that 14 stories, and they picked my story out, and so I was honored by that. that well, they get it says reviews something. By. <laughs> It says something, and um, I think I'm, I'm glad that we're going to have more of Ava, and I'm going to be very interested to see how she does. Well, listen, Marcus, this has been a very fast hour. Thank you so yeah. much for your time. I really appreciate you being on the show. Not a problem. And then when we get Ava out, maybe I'll be on again. <laughs> well, hey, why not? Thank you so much, Marcus. All uh, Best of luck to you. Thank you. You too, Tori. Okay. You have been listening to the Brown Posey Press Show. Our guest has been Marcus Cook, author of short stories such as Ava Edison and The Burning Man, Red Story, Cherish Salazar, and many more. I'm Tori Gates, your host, author of the Brown Posey releases Searching for Roy Buchanan and the coming sequel Call It Love. Thank you for being with us today. This is the Book Speak Network. Okay.